All right, church, come on. Let's follow that for a little bit. Come on. Hallelujah. My God, my God. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a great honor to be here tonight. And uh, <clears throat> my wife and I um, are full of memories from this place. And we, we absolutely love, it'll never be Hutchison to us, it's always Hutch. We love Hutch and uh, love this city, this church, and the heritage that is in this church is beyond beautiful. It's just, it's, it, there's not a good English word for, for what I love and see in this church, the heritage, and, 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 and it's still continuing on. Amen. Amen. And I love that. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. And uh, when your pastor called, asked me to come, I was more than thrilled and excited to be here and have been looking forward to get in, getting here. You, you may be seated for just a moment. I, um, I, uh, my, <clears throat> that's, our, that's our favorite words in Pentecost. You may be seated. It's the, we love those words. Out of all, I mean, everyone responds to that one. They don't. You can say, let's lift our hands and half the church. You may be seated. Everybody loves that. But anyway, we, uh, we were sorry we were unable to be here yesterday. We planned on getting here, and, and uh, my grandmother passed away uh, Sunday morning. And uh, we had a viewing Tuesday and a funeral Wednesday. And then after the funeral, uh, we jumped in our car and, and, and drove last night to come here, and uh, we got about, supposed to be about a 10-hour drive, and it wound up being uh, several more. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, our, we have to stop every other exit, but, um, but uh, no, we got in an ice storm, and it was a pretty rough ice storm, and I think I set, I couldn't even set it at cruise, but I drove about 45 out on Highway 70 for, for about six hours. And, uh, and finally, we just said, forget it. Went to bed and uh, got up this morning and, and uh, was able to drive the rest of the way in. I think we had about another hour to, to, uh, to Kansas City. And then once we got south of Kansas City, it is clear. It's been good, easy drive the rest of the way in. But uh, we are so, so very honored and thankful to be here. Amen. And uh, we've done nothing but talk about all the different stories and times of being here and, uh, and on and on, and there's just so much to say, but uh, Brother Sister Carriker, we love this family, your children as well, amen, you've got a tremendous work here, this is beautiful, I have not got to see the remodel, and this is beautiful, amen, looks so good, amen, and uh, 
Praise God. It's good to be here. We're excited about being here. And uh, amen. Looking forward to the next few services. Amen. Lord willing. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And I, I just have to say this as well very quickly and put this in, Sister Carriker. I, I want to personally thank you. Uh, there was a time that we were, my wife and I, obviously we had, st- we had to start our house, in our house, uh, trying to rebuild and restore some things in our church, and we started over in our house. We had nothing. I stood on a chair and preached on a chair, and we had no sound system. We had no microphones. We had nothing. And uh, for many months, I preached there, with, and we grew about, what, 35, 40 in that in my house. They were sitting in my living room, my kitchen, my dining room, and uh, then we moved into an office building. But in that process, we were, we were struggling to make it, and we also were starting a work in the country of Egypt at that very same time. And I, uh, they needed me in Egypt so desperately. And I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I spoke to them and I said, I'm coming. And, 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 I, and I didn't have a way to purchase that ticket. And you were able to make that possible. And, you, and, and uh, through, through Sister Mayo and some other women that got together and put an offering together. And, and I'm telling you, it was a life-changing for Egypt. And it was a very, very key moment for us to make it to Egypt that very, that very year. And I am so thankful for that. Are you thankful for your pastor's wife tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. And uh, from that moment, uh, we had a very, very key moment in Egypt. And it has been ongoing from that very moment since. And uh, we now have full-time brother, sister Demian out of our church are there full-time now in Egypt. Praise God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. My wife and I just flew there uh, here recent. We flew there and uh, in, in February, November. My mind's so messed up. And uh, November. When was it? It was November. Second week, and I can't remember. Anyway, so uh, we got there and, uh, and, and, and was there. Uh, we used the boat to travel up and down the river, and we would post. Uh, on, we, you can only post uh, the good things. You can't post much about what we're actually doing there. And uh, we got to witness to some Muslims, and we've got to do some very tremendous things. But we would go up and down the Nile River and preach from city to city and visit with people, etc. But uh, we couldn't post all those things that we were doing uh, for the safety of those that were with us, that they because they could get persecuted for that. But uh, God helped us, and uh, we we had to a few times sneak. Uh, we'd hide. My wife and I hid in a in a vehicle. Uh, and they covered us up that we could travel behind the police without the police knowing that we were there and uh, to get out into the desert and, uh, and preach. And we had to have someone out there watching the, the, the door uh, while I was preaching just to make sure that Muslim Brotherhood didn't try to come in while I was preaching to those people. And uh, my phone, some, I forgot about my phone. I should have left it in the hotel, but I took it with me and my phone kept going off because it was tracking me and kept saying, please be safe, please be safe, please be safe. 
So I knew I was in a bad area. I didn't know where I was at. I knew I was in the desert in the middle of the night preaching, but uh, it was a dangerous place. But God really moved, and, and uh, it was tremendous. Amen. And we had a great time. Thankful my wife was able to come with me. Praise God. Amen. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Amen. And uh, so very thankful, but uh, uh, long story short to all that, it's going well. Church is doing well. Several, uh, several places all throughout Egypt where we have great uh, services and church going on. And, uh, and then also in Carmel, uh, back home, we are in the process of, of, uh, of a larger facility. We should be able to seat. Uh, our engineer tells us it'll seat 400, but I, I, I would say venture to say about 350. Uh, we should be moving in uh, in, the, in two weeks. And uh, so praise God. Praise God. Thank the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we went from 35 in my house to, I think, uh, last time we looked, it was about 125 uh, in service. And uh, so we're excited. Praise God. Thank the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, I don't know how it was here. Uh, COVID was not easy on our church. We, we are in a facility right now that is about the half of the size of this facility, half the size of this room, and we will pack it with uh, over 100 people sometimes in service. Uh, when I say packed, there is no room to run. There's no room. There's no aisles. We fill it up. All the way, just say half of this area right here would be nothing but our sanctuary. And we fill that up with, with over 100 plus people at times. And uh, um, anyway, uh, so having said that, uh, setting six feet apart, was there was no option for us. We, <laughs> we, were, we were nice and tight. And uh, so, so we've had to go through COVID uh, a couple times. We've, we've had to get through it, but we made it. Praise God. And uh, I, would, I would venture to say... That 2020 was not only difficult in that, but it was probably the best year for our church. It was the best year. And then 2021 got better. And then 2022, I believe, is going to be a great year. I believe this is going to be a great year. Hallelujah. I, I, know, I know there's things going on with Russia tonight, Ukraine, but I'm telling you for the church, it's going to be a great year. I believe that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And it might get better because it's election time, so it might get better. That might, I don't care what does it, but I'm ready for a good year. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, praise God. Well, anyway. I know the Lord is doing something, and I want to be a part of it. I don't want to miss what God is doing in this very hour. I, I, don't, I don't want to miss it. I want to be a part of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And it's, uh, it's a time not to get lackadaisy or cold, but I feel like we are facing some of that right now. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We got to get hot on fire again. We got to have revival again. We, we got to be burning hot right now. We can't be cold or lukewarm tonight. Oh, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you have your Bibles tonight, let's go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter number 16. Amen. Praise God. Well, it feels good here tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Boy, I'm glad you didn't change this pulpit. My, my, my. Feels good preaching behind this pulpit again. <laughs> I love it. Amen. Luke 16, verse number 19. When you have it, shout amen. amen. All right. All 10 of you have it. Praise God. All right. There we go. 11. <laughs> there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked, up, licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off. Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that, that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Beside all the, this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us, that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. He said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you tonight on this thought. Amen. And, and, and I know coming here, I knew on my way here that this would be the message I'd be preaching here tonight. And uh, I don't know who preached last night. I don't know what was preached. I don't know, haven't talked to your pastor much at all about where the church is at, where you're at, who's here, who's not here. We really haven't got to touch on that hardly at all. So I don't know anything, but I do know that I come with a message tonight for this church. But I want to preach to you on this thought for a little while. Seven things to do in hell. Seven things to do in hell. Amen. Can we pray tonight in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus. God, we need you tonight. Need your help. God, let me be a vessel for your glory, your praise. Let your anointing reign in this place, for your anointing breaks the yoke. Touch us tonight, God. Help me tonight. 
Let every year that has every 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 year that has every soul here that has an ear, let them hear tonight, God, what you would say. Speak to us, God. Help us tonight. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Praise God. I need uh, I need uh, a few young men, maybe, if you could help me very quickly. Amen. Just pass those out. And uh, amen. If we could do that. And, and, and for those of you, while they're passing that out, amen. If I could just keep your attention for a little bit. I know they'll be passing those out, and it's hard to keep your attention while they're doing that. But if you could just pay attention here for a little bit while they're doing that. I've got a uh, cousin of mine. And uh, he is a, he, he uh, when he first got in the church, um, Pastor Carriker, when he got in the church, he was, he was on fire. I mean, red hot on fire. And uh, his name was James, and he was red hot on fire. And his, his uh, wife, uh, as soon as he got in the church, his wife decided that, uh, that, that she didn't want to come this way. And uh, she decided that she wanted to connect with one of her cousins. And they went to, uh, she went to a Jehovah Witness church and uh, began to really struggle. But what caused my cousin to come was there was one night he was laying down in his bed and there was a large uh, explosion outside of his window. It was actually a, a, a uh, whatever you call it, one of those big boxes on the telephone pole that exploded. And it caused him to believe. When he woke up, he had a fear that the rapture had taken place. And uh, so he started making phone calls, and, and, and those that was in the church was not answering the phone that night. And uh, so he began to really think the rapture took place. And so when he came to church, he came out of fear. And I, I want you to understand tonight, the fear does not last long enough. There's got to be a relationship between you and God. If you're going to live for God out of fear, it's not going to last. And so when he first came, he came out of fear that the rapture had taken place. And his wife decided to go with her cousin. And she got very heavily involved in the Jehovah Witness religion. And uh, before long, she began to fight with him very strongly. And, and I watched him come and struggle on his own trying to stay in the church. Uh, I, I, watched him, I watched him try to to bring his, his, his children to church, but she continually pulled on them to go her way. I, I, I'm not here to bash religions. It's not my intention. But, but he brought some great points to her at that very moment because they don't celebrate birthdays and holidays and et cetera uh, and, and, and so on. But he said to her, he even told her, he said, it seems like everybody in the church is on depression pills. Uh, they just can't get the joy. I wouldn't want to go to a church where there's no joy. And uh, he really was 
preaching to her and trying to get her in the church and pulling on his kids and and uh, they, they, there was one of his, his son really started coming with him. And, and if I remember, I'd even got baptized. I'm not sure if he got the Holy Ghost or not, but uh, came for many, many years. And I would watch him come out at our time. We had a prayer room and he would come out of the prayer room. And he would, every time when he came into the sanctuary, he would have to run around and shout and dance and, 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 and really set the environment for the service. He was, a, he was a lead worshiper in that aspect. And I would watch him uh, service after service, come all by himself, but he was on fire. But there came after about 15 years, it began to wear on him. And he kept coming alone, but he became very weary and very tired and very, very overwhelmed until the point that eventually he began to miss services and getting cold. It, you don't backslide from the front row. You, you, it's a process. You, you, you don't backslide in the church overnight. If somebody walks out, it's a process. There's, there's some things you've got to go through that, that just happens. And, and so it was a slow thing that he kept doing until eventually one day he didn't come back. And I, I remember going to his shop where he worked and standing there late at night. I said, James, you've got to get back in the church. What, what do you think you're doing? You know where, where, where you're supposed to be. And you've already come so far in 15 years of serving the Lord. And now you want to throw it all away and you want to give up on God. And what's your reasoning? What's your thought? And I'll never forget his words when he told me. He said, you know, he said, I, I, I've thought about it over and over again. And he said, I've just made up my mind that I would rather go to, to hell with my family than to go to heaven alone, than to go to heaven alone. I, 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 everything inside of me screamed out, no, that's not true. That's a lie. The devil's given that that." that fairy tale to you that it would be better in hell with your family than to be in heaven alone. No, that's not true. I, I, I venture to tell you tonight that somehow, some way, the enemy had taught him how, how did he do this? How did he convince him that it'd be all right to be in hell with your family? It didn't happen overnight. It's a process. I'd say it was a process that started with just getting a little cold, just a little not hot, not, not hot on fire, but just a little cold. I, I, I venture to tell you it didn't happen very quickly. It was a process. It was a process. If this is your first time or if you've been here a few times, please don't, don't take my compassion tonight for radicalism in the way I'm going to preach. But I, I've got to preach this with a passion tonight. I want you to understand that the enemy would like for you to think that hell is just a fairy tale and that it's just a little, a little hot and it's just a little pressure. But I'm venturing to tell you tonight that it's not. It's a whole lot more than that it, it isn't something to play games with it's not something to play around with I, I want you to understand tonight that hell is very real yeah heaven's real but hell is very real I, I, I know that we don't hear enough messages on hell in conferences anymore we don't hear about it enough in camp meetings and services we need to hear that hell is real hell is real 
It's real. I, I, I've seen, I've seen when casting a devil out of a woman one time, I've seen that woman scream out. It wasn't her, but it was the devil that had a hold of her that was telling, screaming out, please don't send me back to hell. I don't want to go there again. I don't want to live there any longer. It's so dark. It's so cold there. I began to question in my mind, dark and cold. I thought hell was hot, but reality reality is that hell is a place of torture. The Bible says in the, in the scriptures that he's going to take death in hell and cast it in the lake of fire. Hell is real tonight. It's not a place you want to go to but reality is most often I can find too many in the church that can sit on the pews and begin to get lackadaisical and cold and lukewarm. I venture to tell you tonight that if there's anything I've been finding not only in my own church but across this country is that there's one thing that's going on in our world tonight uh, most often when you go through a storm like a hurricane it's not the hurricane that kills people it's after the hurricane it's after the storm is over when the power's out and the electricity's gone and everything else is out you don't have water and you don't have electricity and too many people die after the storm not because of the storm but because the storm is over there's nothing else to drink and there's nowhere to get food and there's nowhere to drive away because the gas is gone and people die after the storm I venture to tell you tonight that here we're coming toward the end of the things of the storm that's been around us uh, we've come through the pandemic most likely we've come through a lot of things but now it's at the afterward that the church has somehow become like Lackadaisical and calm and cool until all of a sudden preachers are preaching from a pulpit trying to get somebody to wake up and realize that hell is real and you must be on hot fire for Jesus Christ or you're going to burn for the devil. It's real. I want you to know tonight that the rich man did not seem too worried about hell. He wasn't too worried about the beggar on the outside of his gate. He wasn't worried about it at all. In fact, he didn't believe in ministry. He didn't believe in preachers. He didn't believe much about anything of that. But I want you to realize when he got in hell, he began to believe in preachers. And he began to believe in God. And he began to believe that there was a God. And he believed that there was there was a time that somehow, some way, a preacher might be able to reach his family. He didn't believe it while he's alive, but I'm here to tell you tonight hell believes in preachers and hell believes tonight that somehow, some way God would send a preacher to preach to you. I want you to know tonight that he began to cry out somebody, somebody go back and tell my family not to come here. I'm asking you tonight, is there somebody in hell that was somewhere, sometime praying that God would send a preacher to to you and so because of that he began to believe in revival and he began to believe in evangelism he didn't believe in evangelism before but he believes in it now he didn't believe in outreach in the before but he believed in reaching the world now if you just send somebody from hell to go out here and tell the world not to come here just tell them don't come here. 
Now he believes in evangelism. Now he believes in preachers. Notice what God says. God said instead, I didn't send somebody out of the pits of hell. He said, I sent a preacher. There are many times in the likeness standing behind this pulpit. It would be the same likeness of somebody that came out of the pit of hell trying to reach for somebody in the sanctuary to tell you, please don't go there. Whatever you do, don't live there. Whatever you do, make up your mind. I don't want to go there. I don't want to live in that place of hell. But the real question was, somebody was there praying. He was praying, send somebody. God said, I've already sent them. I've sent Moses. I've sent the prophets. I've sent them to reach for them. Oh, God, I wish I could really preach this the way I feel it tonight, but I'm here to tell you there's somebody in this room that I'm reaching for. I'm not just reaching for the first-time visitor. I'm not just reaching for somebody in this house tonight that's just here, amen, for the first few times, not them only. I'm preaching to some people in this room tonight that for some apparent reason we've gotten lukewarm. We've gotten cold. We're not on fire like we should be in the last hour. I'm here to tell you, you better fill your oil up. You better make sure you're full of oil. You better make sure you're on fire tonight. It's real. It's real. And I don't know tonight. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this can help you or not. But I've been thinking for a while, how is it, Pastor Carricker, how is it? How is it that I, I could somehow, maybe, just maybe, give you a message that if you've decided to stay lukewarm, if you've decided to stay cold, I've decided in my mind, what could I do to preach one more message to help you if you've decided to go to hell instead. If you decide in these last days, and don't tell me we're at the la not at the last days. While traveling here, several times my two youngest daughters who never evangelized with me, they're now pastor's daughters. They never were evangelist daughters. But my two youngest daughters would say, are we there yet? How much further is it? Man, it's been a long time. It's been days. Are we there yet? How much further? But eventually, I got to the place where I said, we're almost there. We're almost there. I'm going to tell you where we're at tonight. We're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> Come on, I want you to make it. <laughs> Come on, we're almost to heaven. <laughs> Come on, I know it's been days and years, and I know it's been a long time, but I come to tell you tonight, we're almost there. We're almost there. It's not time to get cold now. It's not time to get on. It's not time to be lukewarm. Come on, it's time to get on fire. Come on, we're almost there. Give me a few minutes here. Let me, let, me, let me get to where I'm going. I made up my mind if there's anything I could do to help you. I guess if you decide to go, 
Maybe I can give you a little something to take with you. Maybe you can remember this message if you decide to go there. Maybe if you decided to stay lukewarm, you can take this with you before you go. No, I understand you can't take this paper, but maybe you can take it home tonight and memorize it. Use these seven things if you've decided to go to hell. Take them with you. First thing I notice in the Bible is the Bible says that he was somehow, some way, he was able to pray. He was able to reach to heaven and pray. He was able to call out to Abraham's bosom. He was somehow able to pray. Whether or not you agree, I'll leave that up to you. But somehow, heaven was able to hear the prayers from hell. Because Abraham responded to this rich man. Heaven responded and began to tell him, I, 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 I can't help you. There's nothing I can do for you. But at least he was able to pray. So if you're going to be able to go there, well, maybe if you're there, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but at least try. Try to cry out and pray. I don't know if heaven will really hear you or not now. Not after it's all said and done. You're not getting out. There's no getting out, but at least pray. At least cry out if you can. At least call out and try. You won't be able to see God. I don't know if you'll be able to see him or not, but you definitely can try to pray. And if anything, if, if you are able to pray, then number two, why don't you pray for your loved ones? Why don't you pray for those that's still here? Why don't you pray for those that are still on this side and pray that God can save them? Why don't you reach out and pray? He didn't believe in prayer before, but then he began to pray in hell and he was praying for his family. So if you can, pray for your family. Why don't we pray here for just a moment? Why don't we reach out and touch God here for just a second? <laughs> Oh God Pray for your loved ones If you want to go there you can go But pray for your loved ones I know you don't want to pray for them on this side So why don't you pray for them on that side why don't you make up your mind to pray for him there, I guess. I, <laughs> Pastor Carriker, I, I have notice of recent. I was on the phone with a preacher friend of mine not far away. And he called me, said, he said, Brother Ward, why well, I need you to come. I need you to preach for, for me. I said, sure. He said, I, I need help. He said, man, I've had people leaving left and right. He said, I feel like God's pruning the church. 
I need help. Hang up the phone. Next preacher calls. Lord, well, pray for me. Pray for my daughter. She's dying. Something wrong with her lungs. She's not able. She's not able to, not able to breathe. And if she don't get help, she's going to die. Hang up. Have a phone call from Egypt, from Brother Demian. Pastor, I need you to pray. What's going on? Man, people are leaving left and right. I don't know what's going on. It's getting cold. They're not wanting to worship like they used to. They don't want to pray. They don't want to touch God. They, they just want to walk away from God. Hang up the phone. Next phone call. Brother Wardwell, I need you to come over and preach. You got what's happening. I don't know what's going on, but I'm on my third congregation now. I've had one congregation leave. We built up a new one. Another congregation's gone. I'm in the third one. My wife and I, we're just ready to throw in the towel. We're tired of fighting. We need you to come preach. I'm here to tell you tonight. Hi, Brother Kirker, your pastor hasn't told me anything. I don't know anything going on. But I'm going to tell you what we need to do right now. In 2020 and COVID, it has done its best to make our preachers beast. And it's done our best to dem- demonicize the church and make it demonic. And it's wrong to have church in the middle of a pandemic. But I'm here to tell you tonight, if there's anything we need right now, is we need to make sure that we're behind our preacher. We're behind our preacher. We're behind our preacher. there was ever a time in this year if there was ever a time we needed some young people to stand behind us it's right now if there's ever a time we need some young people's strength that says come on preacher we're going to have revival we're going to have a move of God it's right now This pandemic's not, I understand it attacks some of our young people, but it's attacking our elders more than our young people. And if there's ever a time we need some young people to rise up and say, come on, I'm red hot on fire. I'm not backing down. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm going to be on fire for God. It's right now. It's right now. Come on, young people. Come on, you got to get on fire. There's one. Come on, there's two. Come on, I need some young people that says, come on, preacher. I'm behind my pastor. I'm behind my pastor's wife. I'm behind the church. If you can, you can be seated. Let let, let me finish this for a little bit. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I'm going to tell you tonight, I'm noticing all across this country, we're dealing with all kinds of horrific things going on. Attacking the churches, attacking the preachers. They're doing everything they can. And so... If you have church, you got some mad. If you don't have church, you got others that are mad. If you if you you, get, you tell them you need to be at church, they get mad at you. You say, well, you let, I'm not going to come. I had somebody tell me recently. I said, we're going to have church. I said, we've all been sick before. Now we're going through it again. But those that are going through it, staying home, the rest of us are going to have church. 
I had somebody call me. They said, they said very arrogantly, they said, well, they said, Pastor. I said, yes, sir. They said, they said, we're not, our, my family and I will not be there. I said, okay. Okay. If that's your decision. But I want you to know, you're not going to demonize me for having church. This is the way it is. And I think, I believe you're wrong for missing. You need to be at church if you can be at church. Amen. They didn't like it, but I don't care. We're going to have church. Hallelujah. Now, if your pastor says it differently, that's fine. Whatever your pastor says, you get behind that. But I'm going to tell you, that's the way I feel about it. Obviously, you're sick. I always told them, just stay home if you're sick. That's what we always did anyway. Now we're just changing the whole thing. Just, my Lord, help us. Amen. Praise God. Boy, I got so sick in Egypt. I got sick in Egypt. I walked into the hotel. They weren't going to let me in because they wanted to check if I had a fever. I got so nervous. They took that thing, scanned my forehead to make sure I didn't have a fever. I hate that. It's just a pre-plan for the mark of the beast. Scan your forehead. You scan my forehead. And, and, I, and he said, you're good. And I went through and I said, thank you, Jesus. I, I was so sick. And I turned around. The guy had no batteries in it anyway. He, he was, I don't even know what he was doing. Crazy guy. I don't know what he was doing. Hallelujah. In Egypt, they just want to look important. They stick it up. Okay, you're good. Go on through. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That tells you what the Egyptians think about COVID. They didn't even care. Airport, you don't even have a mask on in the airport. You walk around with no mask. They didn't even care about it. Oh, goodness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Where am I here? So number three, if you can, hide from the tormentor. He's coming. He's coming. He has full control in hell. He can do whatever he wants to you. He can torture you. Oh, you thought he was bad on this side. You don't even know what you're going to deal with over there. No, 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 no. No. Now I'm going to tell you what. You're going to try to rebuke him. He's going to stand in your face and laugh at you. You can say it all you want. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. He's going to mock you. He's going to torture you. He's going to attack your mind. You're not going to be able to sleep. Oh, no. No, no, no. You're not going to be able to. Oh, if I could just lay down and rest. No, it ain't coming because the tormentor's got you. I'm telling you, there's some people in this room tonight. You need to, you need to study this and keep it. You need to memorize this tonight because you're going to need it. So, so the next thing is the Bible says that he began to cry out for water. He said, if you just take a drop from your tongue, just give me a little drop of water from your tongue. He said, I just love a little water. I don't know. I, I doubt there's water, but if you can, look for water. Try to find something to drink because you're going to be tormented. Tormented. It's not going to be fun. Oh, no. I, I, I've, I, sometimes when I'm out doing outreach, I'll ask people, you want to go to heaven? You want to go to hell? And they'll say, well, I want to go to heaven. I've never had anybody say, oh, I want to go to hell. 
Yeah, that's where I want to go. And I'm going to tell you something else. Nobody believes they're going there. Nobody believes they're going there. I got too many people coming to church in our church, coming from the world to our church, and they already think they're saved. Oh, no, preacher, I'm good. I'm saved. And I have to unlearn them so I can teach them how to be saved. Used to, people came to church because they knew they needed to be saved. But now they come to church and I've, I've got it. If you got it, then why is your family tore up? If you got it, then why are you addicted to drugs and everything else out here? If you got it, then why are you fighting depression? Why are you oppressed by a spirit? Why is your family messed up and your, you and your wife and your husband is in the middle of a divorce? But you're saved. I'm going to tell you what, you're not saved, you're on your way to hell. You need Jesus. And you need a true church. Come on, I'm preaching to you tonight. And so, so, so let's move on. I got to go quickly. I know you work today in school and everything else, so let me hurry. Hallelujah. So, so if you can, remember as many verses as you can remember. I believe that, that Jesus Christ, he never, tried to, he never tried to fight with the devil. When the devil came and began to tempt him, the Bible said, he, Jesus said, it is written. Hello? So if he says it is written, then that's what you ought to do. Try to remember all the verses you can. Remember the verse like, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Try it. I don't know if it's going to work, but try it. Try it. I'm trying to help you. I mean, if you want to go, you can go. But at least try this. At least I could give you a message to try to do something if you're in hell. If I didn't care, I wouldn't try to give you something. But since you want to go, well, at least try this. Remember all the verses you can. Because the Bible says that the devils know that there's only one God. The Bible said they tremble. They know there's only one. So if you can, scream it out. Oh, Israel, the Lord our God is one. I don't know if it'll work, but try it. You're never going to get out. You're there forever. <laughs> There's no getting out. I know your mind and my mind cannot understand and fathom that. It's forever. We can't get that in our mind. But it's forever. Shout it. There's only one God. And shout his name is Jesus. Oh, shout his name, Jesus. If you're in hell, shout it as loud as you can. Maybe it'll put fear in the enemy. I don't know if it'll work or not, but try it. Scream it out. Lastly, this can kind of be controversial, so I'm not going down that road, but the reality is I don't know, I don't know but according to Jesus' parable, he looked up and he could see Abraham and he could see Lazarus in the womb of Abraham. I don't know if you'll be able to see heaven or not, but if you're able to see heaven from hell, whatever you do, don't look up and see heaven. 
Whatever you do, I don't know if you'll be able to or not, but if you can, don't look up. Keep your eyes down. Don't look. Whatever you do. <laughs> Come on, I'm telling you, you got to memorize this stuff. You're going to need this because you've decided to stay lukewarm. You decided to stay cold. You decided not to pray. You decided not to fast. You decided. Come on, I'm going to tell you what's bothering me. What's bothering me is your pastor's preaching. Let's have miracles. Let's have revival. Come on, let's see what God can do. But then you got others that's dragging their feet. That's just cold and lukewarm. That's just saying, well, you know, here I am. But you got to just try to get me out of the pew again, preacher. Come on, I'm telling you what you're going to have to do. Oh, I'm going to give you one more option tonight. I'm going to give you one more option in this place tonight. I'm going to tell you what you can do. Are you ready? I'll tell you what you can do. You can take this and you can say, thank you, preacher, but I'm not going to need it. I'm coming to the altar tonight. I'm going to make sure I'm hot on fire. You can bring it up here tonight. You can shred yours. Say, preacher, I don't need this tonight. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to make it to heaven. I'm going to make it to glory. I'm going to make sure I'm hot on fire. I don't need it. Thank you for it, but I don't need it, preacher. Thank you for that list, but I don't need that list. I'm going to make it to heaven. I'm going to make it to glory. I'm going to make sure I'm prayed through. I'm going to make sure I'm on fire. Come on. Come on, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to make it to glory. I don't need this list, preacher. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be saved. I'm going to make sure I'm ready. I'm going to make sure that I'm refilled with the Spirit of God. Come on, pray to you speak in tongues again. Pray to you renew to the Holy Ghost. Pray to you set free again. Pray to you delivered. Pray to the victory comes. I don't need it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to glory. I'm going to make sure I'm ready. Come on, don't die after the storm. Don't get cold after the storm. It's time to get on fire. It's time to see miracles. Come on, that's it. Come on, press on. Come on, press through. Come on. <laughs> yes. Come on, scream out his name, Jesus. 
Whosoever calleth upon that name shall be saved. Scream out, Jesus. 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 Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Help me, God. Come on, that's it, church. Come on, that's it, church. Come on. Come on, cry out. Lift your voice. Pray. Scream out. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be on fire. I want to make it to glory. Pray till you're full on fire. Pray till you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can get it tonight. Come on, you don't have to go home the same way you came. You can go home set free. You can go home with glory. You can go home delivered tonight. Yes. Yes. I don't need this list. I don't need this list. I'm going to make it. Come on. Come on.
come on. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for your family. Pray for your lost loved ones. You don't have to go to hell to pray for them. Pray for them on this side. Pray for them tonight. <laughs> Send the preacher. Send the preacher. <laughs> <laughs>